Welcome to Marvel Cinematic University, where nothing matters and we're just all waiting to be sacrificed by Charles Xavier in this meaningless world, which is what we're going to do today because I have endeavored for our faithful crew and some special guests to talk about X-Men Dark Phoenix. This is... I'm sorry. You know what? Let's just jump into it. Let's let's get into this together. Uh, I'm going to start off with my... Uh, Cohorts. Uh, Jay Christie, how are you doing? Uh, you know, doing well. Can't complain. Can't com- how, how many drinks in did you uh, get? I was uh, only, I was, I think, three. Um, just but like three of the okay. taller White Claws, you know. Uh, it, right. it didn't, um, I have some thoughts about how this, this, let me just say this, this movie was not the type of bad that was enhanced by alcohol. It kind of just still was boring. <laughs> You know what? That that's a very good way of putting it. Um, I watched it on my flight over uh, just a few hours earlier today, and uh, that's like the best way to put it. But we'll go into it uh, later. AC Anthony Canton third. How are you? Mm, God bless you, Jerome, for for <laughs> choosing this movie. God bless you, man. Um, I got through, I man. Like I was surprised set up to, to do this to pick it in the end. I feel like something happened where I want to say it was my choice to do it but i feel like we always knew we were going to at some point or another so glorious sacrifice yes anyway sir easy how are you i'm good i'm good i can't complain i'm excited to talk about this all right and our special guest um really of all the x-men movies to cover this would be the one to have her come on you know her at at steph i will on twitter but uh Probably even more so if you follow her for her continuous Professor X slander. Steph, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Hey, y'all. I'm doing all right. I'm doing better than that movie, that's for sure. But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. How many times have you... Well, you know what? Why don't we just dive into it right now, Steph? Um, I know we asked you to watch this to, um, to join us on it. Did you watch it again? Uh, oh, absolutely not. Line? No, 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 okay. no. The first okay. time I watched was more than enough. <laughs> one time and one time was funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, why don't we just start with initial thoughts? Um, that first time that did not drive you to watch it again for the squad, uh, how did you feel about the viewing? Um, you know what? It actually, it was bad. So let me just say that. But it wasn't apocalypse bad. And I don't okay. know what that means. Um, I think the saving grace for it for me that made me like continue to watch it is like how terrible Xavier looked in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, or like how he was presented and I really appreciated that. Also Magneto, um I know people say like Magneto is right and he is, but he's also just as crappy as Xavier to an extent. So mm-hmm. that that part I appreciated. What I and also um I think I didn't like this, but I think it just goes to show just how uh, unjustly Jean gets treated. Um, And this movie is another example of that. Um, And for those reasons, I mean, that's why I didn't cut it off. Also, I watched the movie um, with really bad sound quality for about, I don't know, 60 minutes before I realized that I I bought it on like 4K Ultra or something like that. And I I didn't like... (laughs) 
change the setting <laughs> on the speakers. So like I hear the explosions, the music, um, Dazzler's weird um, middle of the night concert, whatever that was. Like all that came. Oh from my clear, goodness! But everybody, <laughs> everybody's voices were like muffled. So I was reading the subtitles, and it wasn't until uh, again like sixty minutes in, I was like, oh wait. The speaker settings, that's what it is. And then um, the I sound also, that you were sound from the dialogue for most, Actually, for the most part. <laughs> I think I was because once the dialogue finally came in, I was like, oh, no, this is quite terrible. This is way worse. <laughs> so I actually ended up putting the audio back off. So so it's, it's a terrible film, mediocre silent film is what we're saying right now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be um, nice. That's, that's being quite kind. Uh, AC, tell us about your viewing experience, because you've been tweeting about it ever since we made the choice. Well, you know, I, I've heard things about this movie. I tried my best to avoid watching this movie. And then on our last podcast, uh, one Jerome Chang decided to be like, oh, hey, let's watch this movie. And I'm like, okay, guess no more avoiding it. So, so I watched it yesterday. You know, I sat down, kid was asleep, and... I put it on and I'm watching and uh, and I'm watching and I'm like, oh, okay, this is not this is not good. This is just not good at all. This is really bad. This is this is really bad. And um, shout out to Jennifer Lawrence. She, I, I'm guessing she really made sure she got herself out that movie mm-hmm. so quickly. She could not wait to get out mm-hmm. of that Cut movie. The check. Like, oh, yeah, do, you, do you think she kill me off? In the, kill me <laughs> off in the first hour. It's all good. I don't mind. Yeah. Oh, what was that you said, Jerome? Do you think she retconned it? Like, she was, like, all on board. We talked about it last, uh, one of the previous pods, but all these actors seemed all the way in on this series about the time they started rebooting. And do you think there was a point during the production itself where they're just like, you know what, just kill me. Just, like, I'm done. I I really strongly feel uh, in favor (laughs) towards that that instance. Also, I thought there were a lot of mail-in performances. There are a lot of mail-in Oh, my God, yes. This was a freaking. This was a correspondence course of movies. You know how many male Jake, door. please, please, just so just pick so, it up from so, there. Okay, right? okay, okay. So, um, Jennifer Lawrence with a truly is magnificent male in performance, and I say that with no trace of irony. <laughs> like, honestly, just in like, it is so beautiful to watch. And Jake, she's just, and I think it's like I can imagine. See how it happened where. Um, because apparently they all signed on to do this movie uh, after their contracts were up. And then I think probably on day two, they're like, oh, this sucks. Oh, no. And then <laughs> just full on mail. Because the thing is, it's a superhero movie. So even though she dies like a half hour in, she probably still had like, you know, two weeks, three weeks of shooting. So um, not, that's more than enough time to mail in. But um, mm-hmm. the thing about this movie is that it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I had very low expectations. But that's because I really thought Apocalypse was really bad. And I thought it was about equally as bad as Apocalypse. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And the, my big thing I want to mention just off the top, because I think it is one of the craziest things that I have realizations I've ever had in a movie, is that this movie features an alien race coming to America trying to take it over. And that's like mm-hmm. the fifth most important thing. Like, it's just not really talked about. It's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, all, like, this is like the C plot that aliens, that aliens, well, aliens have never existed in this universe before. But it's not like this it's is like. It's such a loose plan. Yeah. It's really crazy. You know what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not, to, not, not, not to cut you off, but like, so that alien race, do you want to know how random they, like, they literally, so that race is um, the alien race. 
from the planet that the phoenix actually ends up consuming in the comics mm. so they were like, mm-hmm. like the shiar no we don't need them let's just get this random no. race of aliens that never got a say in the comics anyway because their entire planet was destroyed because the phoenix ate it you know what let's just throw them in this movie as a i wouldn't even say like a c plot they were like f it was so random. No one stopped. Like, no one stopped and was like, "Oh shit, they're aliens!" Like it was. It never yeah. hurt anyone. And it just <sighs> felt like because it was such an obscure reference uh, with relative to the comics, it was almost just like we're going to show you how much we know about it by talking about something that no one would ever think about, <laughs> and like making it a key plot point, a key like group of people involved. Um, I, I like Jake's point about saying it was bad, but not that bad, but it almost like made the viewing experience worse because I would want it monumentally terrible. Yes. That's why, that's why I like, mm-hmm. really enjoy it. Yeah. There's nothing funny and, bad about it. And that's the thing. There's, it's just bad. You just like, it's, it's not an, even enjoyable bad. Yeah. And I will say, uh, in watching it again, just, it's so fresh in my mind at this point, I feel like within the first maybe 20 minutes or so, mm-hmm. They might. They were actually on their way to like something halfway decent. Yeah, I think that they're definitely. I, like, I would I, agree with yeah. you. I would agree with you. I, actually, I think the rescue scene that they have at the top uh, was like it was, it was pretty well done, and it looked like they were on their way to something. And then honestly, it's really that point of the dazzler singing in the forest party. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what exactly is going, and it just goes to hell. And it's really like yeah, Wendy. Uh, what's the alien race called again? Is it the Buck? Or oh, the, 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 or... the Dabari. Dabari. Is it Dabari? I, yeah, sure. Dabari, like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they once they show up at the random beachside dinner party, mm-hmm. I they, like it just all goes to hell. <laughs> but, um, that scene was funny in itself. <laughs> she just walk right? in. And also, like, <laughs> I just like that you kind of wonder like what Jessica Chastain's character was like before she turns into that because Uh she clearly is put together in a way that she was meant to be an alien. Exactly. I was going to say that was my number one note that in in, in, like in the promotional materials for the movie you saw her character and it's like oh of course she looks like that of course she has no eyebrows and has unnaturally white hair for someone of her you know general complexion yada 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 but she already looks Mm -hmm. like that as a person like yes why Yeah, she. I anyway. could do. I could write a freaking novel, not novel, but all like a book about <laughs> Jessica Chastain's performance in this movie. I have so many questions, and it just, I, it's really there's just there's, it's such rich text. What she's doing? No, in this I movie. really. I, well, here's the thing. Like, I wanna. I have a, a question. Did she like misread the script? Like, was she? Did she think that she was supposed to play a robot and not an alien? Because like, really, she sounded like uh, so robotic. I know she I, made a choice, and. Um, I'm gl- the thing is, I appreciate the fact she made a choice because I think that's so- a lot of the problem with this movie is that no one's really making any choices. Um, but <laughs> she just made a choice, and I think it was the wrong choice. But uh, wow, she really just hitting that one she note. She went for it. Yeah, she went for it. Um, I think before uh, you mentioned Jake, that we have a lot of questions, and we definitely have a lot of not so nice thoughts about this film. Mm-hmm. But before we go there, mm-hmm. I think we should at least try our best to like dig deep and see if we can find something positive to say about mm-hmm. this film. Um, so okay. I'm going to start off with really our most hopeful and optimistic person, AC. I'm hoping you can really like <laughs> lead us in the right direction. Can you think of anything about this film that was redeemable or enjoyable for you? 
I think absolutely 100% to a T what Steph said about them dragging and making Charles Xavier look bad because, okay. goodness gracious, it, it, it is amazing. I found myself just hating the dude, like, after, mm. the, after that hour. And that's when I said that message in the chat, and I was like, yo, I want to drag Charles, too. I, I had gotten it's... to that point where it's just like, yo, this dude's jackass. Like, yeah. <laughs> this dude's the worst. <laughs> the worst. And he's supposed, to be the, he's supposed to be the best out of all of them. Mm-hmm. But he's the worst. I know. Which um, is the best part of the movie is that he's the worst. <laughs> uh, Steph, um, either building off of that, or can you think of like anything that you enjoyed about the film outside of maybe the obvious dragging of one Charles Xavier? Um, you know that train scene? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really enjoyed that. I actually really enjoyed uh, seeing Gene uh, just kind of... Uh, do Jean as the phoenix right mm-hmm. but then it also just really really made me hate really made me hate the fact that um they just continue to treat her as this like character that can't control herself and oh and also the fact that they make it like she forgives Char- you know what no this is all things i hate sorry no nothing i was gonna pray is it? But then it reminded me of actually, you know, that I actually ended up hating that part. So I'll bring that up for later. Fair enough, uh, Jake. Um, there were things I definitely uh, enjoyed about this movie. I thought uh, on the train scene, I thought it was really cool and interesting to see Magneto like shoot all those guns with his uh, power. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that was really mm-hmm. fun. Um, I think that um, this might just be me being raised on mid-2000s rock radio, but I thought that a lot of the music, I was like, hey, yeah, let's go, let's do this, like the score I liked. Um, and I thought that uh, the one actor who I didn't think was mailing in, and I thought that Nicholas Holt was really going for it, and I think he's the one performance I think is actually good in the movie. So, um, mm-hmm. and I think that that's like one of the... I thought his makeup as Beast was probably the best I've seen out of yeah. all of and I think yeah. I thought he looked good as Beast. And it was really stark yeah. how he was actually trying and how others were phoning it in in the scene uh, after uh, Mystique's funeral, where he's, right, right. like James McAvoy yeah. is fully he is his mind is in freaking like Aruba. He is somewhere else, and yeah. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Holt is really trying. Um, and yeah, so it plays well for the Charles Xavier is a dick like character yeah. unintentionally. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he um, definitely seems aloof. I, I think you've all kind of touched upon it and it's one of those things that uh, makes it actually more, all the more frustrating when they have a film like this, like an X-Men film like this is just when they get to do X-Men things, when they get to exhibit their powers, it looks pretty cool. Like these are, yeah. there's so many, there's such a variety to these characters. And when you see them actually flex those powers, it's kind of dope. Like I actually really enjoy, cause it feels like we haven't seen Cyclops do a thing Mm-hmm. And who knows how long? Like I yeah. just love seeing an optic blast. I love seeing that uh, throughout. Uh, Magneto clearly. Uh, I think we talked about it when we talked about Days of Future Past. But when Magneto just flexes the full power that he has, like when he crushes that train and just tosses it like it's yeah. nothing. Like mm-hmm. Fastbender's a badass in those moments. Yeah. Um, the Nightcrawler part. While I thought it was the most ridiculous acting in terms of how he oh, yeah, went back or like uh, got bad. vicious and was snarling and everything, the actual action parts about it pretty cool. Um, so I think they're just all those moments that 
you can at least appreciate in a small bubble, but also frustrate you because it just you look at it and just like it seems like this seems too easy to screw up, and yet yeah, there's so much there. Like, there's constantly. so much to work with. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it just it's crazy because the problem with it is that it's like boring, and that to make a movie where you have all those characters with such cool powers, just like like a tedious is quite a feat and it's quite a feat given the mm-hmm. fact they've done it two consecutive movies in a row <laughs> like right right <laughs> and also um, also one thing one thing i wanted to mention about nightcrawler while he was while he was cool every time he mm-hmm. teleported it sounded like he was passing gas yeah. it really did mm-hmm. well it oh, you, probably you getting... smelled that way too <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> all the brimstone and all that yeah they did. So, it was an app sound effect <laughs> <laughs> and, and, the, and here's another thing like you mentioned the the, the nicholas holt performance mm-hmm. and yes mm-hmm. i agree i agree it was really good but the problem is if you know beast's character hank mccoy as you really know like if you're a person like who knows who hank mccoy is he would never act like that in that movie at all never mm-hmm. yeah it's that, that's a good point like the closest that you feel like it's beast like is the very end there where he is essentially the principal of the school and mm-hmm. he's kind of like well-dressed and you see him kind of coming into that role and you want to give them benefit of the doubt like hey if you give him a couple more movies like they'll really get this character right <laughs> but, <laughs> um, they should yeah, have brought it's, back it's, Kelsey Grammer. a lot of, like... Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, they did by David Peter Pass, <laughs> right? Like, he's... Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we, we gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we, which could be a lot um, more said than whoever, like, the creators of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I forgot. There is one thing. I, it's not my favorite, but it just made me laugh. And it was the shot of the little girl with the Mystique doll. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys oh, remember yeah. that? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I do, do remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was the moment, and I was just like, "Wow, y'all really made Mystique the character of oh. this franchise for this reason." Yeah. And I, <laughs> I just, I just, that, I just put my phone down. Since yeah. Days of Future Past. <laughs> like I understand Jennifer Lawrence like became basically the biggest star in this film. Yeah. But just. The whole idea that she is the leader of the X Men. It just and abandoned that like the whole character's by, like, history in general. It was just like from Apocalypse on too. I'm a leader. I'm going to lead. Like you guys. we're all going to wear wristbands now with WWRD. What would Raven do? Like that's that's what we're at. Is <laughs> <laughs> just because like it's the driving force, right? It's what what changes. Like everyone comes back around. It's like no, no, we can't because Raven wouldn't. It's like. Raven, nope, she is not, does not matter. And also, yeah, anyway, it's I could go pretty deep, and I've done that already before. All right, let's round back. We've obviously talked about it a couple of times, and I really want Steph to start this off for us. Talk to us, Steph, about Charles Xavier. Oh, my God, where do I begin? Okay, so... Just if you had to choose... we even go into this film. As Jim, okay, so Charles is... What happens when you have um, white men write uh, characters, <laughs> a character that they want to fill in the spot for minorities? This is what I'm coming to because Charles' whole thing is um, I want, like, basically the docile, the docile uh, mutant 
instead of the docile Negro. And that is him. And it's so irritating. And then on top of that, <laughs> he's manipulative. He is just terrible. He uses, he is, he uses children, these students, as his political pawns. Um, like if Bernie Sanders was a mutant, like he would probably <laughs> Charles Xavier as Jason. I um just <sighs> Charles is just, I would rather leave my child with Batman before I leave him with Charles because at Listen. least Batman would make sure that my child was well equipped to handle himself versus Charles who just, you know, comes into um folks' lives and Grant gives them shelter and um, a uniform and tells <laughs> tells them to go out into the field, never really properly training them. Like, for instance, there's no reason why Storm should be out fighting and she's still claustrophobic. Why would you not handle that first? Um, you know, Scott's got daddy issues. We all know his whole thing with Jane is that he's in love with her and mm -hmm. is holding her back, essentially, uh, crippling her because she could have been like... Jean always had it in her to be able to control the Phoenix Force, but Charles, being Charles, stepping in the way when he had no business, um, basically made things worse. He is someone, he, yeah, he's someone who thinks he's doing a great job and he's not. He just really is. He's adding more to the problem, and Charles just sucks. I mean, Kitty probably had it right. Charles Xavier is a jerk. And it's funny when she <laughs> said that line in the comics is actually because Charles took her off the team because he felt like she wasn't trained well enough. And she wasn't. So the one time he actually did what he was supposed to do, she called him a jerk, which is just really ironic. But um, <laughs> Charles is just he's not he's not who we who we thought he was um, because X-Men. Um, well, actually, no, if you're rewatching, if you have Disney Plus, and you're rewatching x-men animated series oh Even yes then, um used, it it comes very clear as day um as an adult just how terrible and just should not be around anyone's child movement or anything charles should be he's just <laughs> you, you know what's funny about that stuff i'm thinking of that episode where um where saber two shows up um and and wolverine oh, goes yeah. to charles yep. it's like oh so what you call it? We got to trash your enemy, but mine, who I'm telling you is a bad person, we got to heal mm -hmm. and, let, and let and let things go over right. So it it speaks to that that character in general, which is just so irritating. Which is why I'm still hashtag Team Magneto, like I said on last pod. Yeah, I mean at least you know Magneto. I mean again, has some problems himself. <laughs> I, but I, yeah. So, I would rather, but I rather with the Magneto. indiscriminate yeah, murdering is is a thing that it uh, stops you. Out. Like, that, yeah, that that's just something I think it's fair to say I can't really get on board with. Um, yeah, no, no, thank you, Sam. Uh, it's actually so perfect because when I did first see Dark Phoenix, I can't remember when it came after the fact that I was enlightened. Uh, in the school of Charles Xavier's Hella Trash. And to watch this movie so fresh off of kind of like realizing that, it is such a hilarious film. Like almost, I don't even know if we want to give the writers credit, like whether they intended it that way or they just had like the general thought of like, you know, like I, I'm trying to figure out like around the room here. Yeah, I haven't thought about they that. they actually hit me? Yeah, that I think that um, like... I, I think that Charles Xavier really is a bumbling idiot in this movie, but that doesn't <laughs> feel like that's the point. 
Like I, I think mm-hmm. that I think that the the writers wanted it to be Charles made mistakes, but he still got everyone's best interest at heart. And like that doesn't come off. It was like even worse than that, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like no, but he's much worse than you're portraying him to be. You're acting like he just occasionally made mistakes, but it's like no, like he's right. putting people's lives in danger. He's you know um, more focused on his like the fact that like I think that. Um, when Raven, like, calls him out for caring more about his own, like, vanity or whatever, and he brushes that aside, mm-hmm. like, that's not really addressed again. Like, that's treated as, like, something she's just saying she's frustrated. But, like, no, like, he's an egomani- egomaniac at this point. Like, he, there's, right. so, he's, there's so much more going on. Um, and so, like, when uh, Jean forgives him, I don't even think that she has the... Like, she, she can't, like, universally absolve him of all the sins because it's not like all the bad right. stuff he did was just like lying to her like he did a lot more bad shit than that so i think that i don't think they're fully aware of how flawed they made him seem because at the end i think you're mm-hmm. supposed to be like uh-huh. you know what Charles chucky he's got his uh band of misfits and you know he's their like flawed but loving father so and i and i don't feel that way at the end. i see I, I i'm i'm definitely more with you on that one jake because the way it's presented, it's almost like this is Charles Xavier's Rocky Three, where mm-hmm. he starts getting like really high up there and not gets knocked the fuck out by Clever Lang, and then he finds his Eye of the Tiger again. Like this is Charles's Eye of the Tiger again. Um, but like discounting the fact that like he he's just way worse than you're actually like than a couple of clubs that we're catching in here. Um, and, like around the room, or is anyone feeling like there was an intentional like Charles's trash narrative, or more of a this was like its own contained arc that they're trying to redeem him in this own like contained story? I, 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 well, no, I also don't want to give a like I'm trying to really hard time trying to give the writers credit because I again like okay I don't I don't I don't think it was fully intentional because like when he sends them to space he's what is he's at like the governor's mansion or something like that and the whole thing is yeah yeah. yeah, let's look at look at my um (laughs) you know my little uh my little soldier pawns here they're going to space um let me prove to you that mutants are worth your time humans because we can Uh save you and it's just all shit because i'm like they're still going to be trying to put hot ones in y'all when you come back and it was just it was that that that's when i knew and that happened very early on in the movie that's when i knew like okay wow so charles is gonna have no redeeming qualities and he doesn't um but they're right i don't think they know that um or may, I, I just i'm just finding it really hard giving them all this credit just given the movie itself i do enjoy two parts uh when he calls the president on his x-phone and like uh, you won't answer him it's a landline like it's just it's so pathetic it's so pathetic but also like i think what in in the kind of way that they unintentionally made him correctly terrible is right after mystique dies like he does his whole like this is where i met her and he wants to like <laughs> reminisce and have like a nice moment it's like dude you got her killed also <laughs> it's like this never came up we've lived in the same house together for 20 years i never once mentioned that i met raven in this house can i before i forget get a something that's been bothering me a lot about the present in this movie so this takes place in the same yes. universe as days of future past right so in Days of Future yep. Past, who's the president? 
Oh, Nixon. Richard Nixon. Then why Fake is the president Nixon. in this movie that takes place in 1992 not, clearly not George H.W. Bush? What, like, did the timeline, did they stop having the real president at some point? I don't understand why they made that choice right. anyway. At some point. Anyway. It honestly kind of looked like it was the same actor who played Richard Nixon, except he only put on half the makeup. <laughs> just, to, just, to give you, just to give you an example of how much there's not only just a mail-in by the actors in this movie, but a mail-in by the production company. Mm-hmm. So on, on mm-hmm. March t- uh, 2019, Vanity Fair had reported that the film faced promotional difficulties as long-term employees uh, on the marketing team vacated as the result of layoffs from the merger with Disney. They reported that a Fox marketing executive said, quote, we know when we are dropping a trailer, but we are nowhere near where we should be at this time. It's frightening. <laughs> I would be mad if I were a filmmaker, end quote. I mean, come on, guys. What's, what's yeah. happening here? Yeah, I don't think that I don't think even the perfect version of this movie would have been that great. But there's, n- I don't think that Martin Scorsese could have made a good movie under the conditions. I, on the fact that, like, in the middle of making this movie, everyone is like knowing that this is good. The movie's this is gonna be the last thing in the series. The company is laying off a bunch of people that, uh, like, oh, yeah. it's being sold. Like, I there's no way this could have been a good movie. And it's, uh, it's so I don't want to say it's all Simon Kinberg's fault. Although it is kind of does suck when you want to like blame it on multiple people and then you see at His the end. Second- it's right, written and directed. X X three, I think, right? What? This is his second shot at the uh, Phoenix Saga because he wrote X three. Yeah. Yes, he United. Did. Yeah. Yes. No, X two yeah. is X Men United. X three is the last stand. Oh, sorry. X yeah. X three. X three. Last stand. Another. Yeah. Another like. I would to watch that. Yeah. I mean. Oh, the last stand is better than this. That made yeah. me feel away. Oh yeah, it is, yes. it is better. It yeah. is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they both suffer from a similar problem though. Is that um, I think that Sophie Turner is better, but I don't think either Sophie Turner or Famke Janssen is a dynamic enough actress to do. I mean, they're like she's kind of a thankless Sophie cast. Sophie Turner is definitely inhibited by her American accent. Yeah, like she cannot. Yeah, she like, can't. She, she can't do it. Emoting more, mm-hmm. her British accent breaks through. Yeah, like it's very clear. Yeah, it's yeah. just the, I don't know if there, any yeah. actress could have done this part really well. Like, save for like you know uh, a handful of Oscar winners or whatever, but. I just mm-hmm. and I like I like Sophie Turner a lot as a celebrity. I think that her Snapchat stuff is hilarious, but she just is mm-hmm. not the uh, like. I was gonna. I don't know who could have done it because you're asking a character to play so many different things, especially because you're compressing what should be a longer story into one movie. Um, so I don't know what you could have done, but it definitely was like it just didn't it didn't draw me in. And I wasn't like invested in her overall mental well-being and i think the way you have to be because i think that's the whole crux of the story is her mental state yes yes uh there i don't know that you feel anything for anyone in this film at all and i think in part because of how we feel that most of them mailed it in anyway i don't think they even feel it for themselves as characters Mm. um (laughs) but okay let's go into some traditional uh topics that we normally do on here And uh, usually this is for the sake of praising a film, but I'm going to ask everyone around here, what is your favorite scene in this film? <laughs> AC. <laughs> you know what was really a, a, a funny scene? See, the train scene is funny because, uh-huh. and this goes to another example of how the movie, the, the movie just doesn't make any sense as far as these, these aliens are concerned. It seems like when these aliens get shot, some of them die, yep, and yeah, some of them yeah. continue to walk. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, that. huh? 
I am confused. And this was why my favorite. This was my favorite scene because I was laughing. It was funny. Um, I think these aliens are created in such a way that allows you to have graphic violence. It's like the same way that in cartoons they would always use lasers instead of bullets. Like mm. it allows for more extreme violence, but you don't feel the weight of it because they're not technically human. Now, if this movie had been a hard R, it would be pretty lit. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about when they're on yeah. Magneto's <laughs> Island, when she tears down the helicopter. I'm like, if this was a hard R, we see some people get chopped in half. Like I'd be here for it. But it just, it's yeah. just, there's not like if any, like obviously Deadpool number one needs to be R, but X-Men, like, I mean, Logan showed, like, X-Men is, you, yep. like, there's only so dark you can be in a PG-13 oh, yeah. movie, so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, also, Jay, also, I want to get, oh, wait, hold on, oh, so hold on one second, Jerome. I just want to yeah, give yeah, a shout-out to, um, to, uh, the, the homie with the braids and the braids that whip. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I got a good cackle out of that one. I, I love <laughs> all the hot topic mutants that appear at any given X-Men movie. Like, uh-huh. they just, it's just a nondescript mutant with, like, whatever random-ass, like, mm. useless power that is either, like, but you, mm. you know they're a mutant because they either have, like, long-ass braids or just a ton of tattoos and piercings. Or they look like, like that just, one frog guy who very clearly is not a regular person and I don't know how he survives in society. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my guy is just like like uh, you just introduce like this is my this is my friend Brad. To ignore the fact that like he clearly has like fucking gills and glands and his tongue is thirty feet long. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh man. Okay. Um Jake, favorite scene. Um I like I said, I like the Magneto bit with uh the guns okay. and what have you. Um I think that uh now least favorite scene, I don't know if it's actually least favorite scene, but the scene I've been thinking about a lot is and it's so like, this is just, I feel like, genuinely in poor taste. When, uh, Jean, uh, asked Charles to walk, and he, she That's walked. my favorite scene. Oh, oh man. I have in my notes, I have in my much. notes, and this I is, cackled. this is too much. You know what, you know what he looks like when he's walking? He looks, he, he looks like Quop. <laughs> you know the game Quop? No? Anyone? Yeah. AC, you got me, okay. Yeah. I yeah. thought that, that was more universal. He looks like he is being controlled via Quop. And it is just like. Since you're mentioning it, I'm gonna yeah go jump ahead. in just because that was gonna be what I was gonna note as my favorite scene, for all the wrong reasons. What was the point of that? Like, yeah. what was the intent? Like, there was nothing that you could have like come out of it to like. Was it supposed to show her power? Was it supposed to like create a dramatic tense moment? I don't know, but it was the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time it. Uh, it played like when I watched it, I was cackling alone in my bedroom. Just what the hell is going on? Like I was just bored out of my mind for the longest time. And then suddenly I didn't even know, like did James McAvoy come through with this. And like, this is my Oscar moment. This is where I'm going to show just like how, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it's the most ridiculous scene I've seen in all the X-Men films or like in many films, period. It really is. If you Uh, asked, if you were to ask like, if you were to be spitballing bad ideas for an X-Men movie, be like, well, what if right. fucking Jean Grey use their powers to make <laughs> Professor S walk? Like, it's such a, it's just so dumb. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's, it's supposed so to be a serious dumb. moment. And it's supposed to be, like, harrowing. Like, the music, it's like, oh my god. It's like, one, like, this isn't a bad moment because for him at all. He's, he's walking again. Um, and, like, and, yeah. Well, like, at least we literally saw Charles get too. dragged. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, literally. <laughs> They, they really went all in. I mean, it's 
I think you know it's such a bad scene because it goes for about 30 seconds longer than it needed to on top of yeah. it. Yeah. Because it's I was like, like the what? longest staircase. He gets to the top and then he still gets a couple, like six mm-hmm. or seven more steps off before mm-hmm. Cyclops finally comes in and blasts it away. And why couldn't he just, um, she just make him float? I mean, I get the pose to humiliate him, but like, come on. Yeah, well, because what the notion was like to prove that anything is possible. Yeah. Um, right? Also, like, that, yeah. I don't know what that was that I saw, but that wasn't walking. <laughs> that was that was not. That was... Anyway, Seth, do you have a favorite scene in this film? <laughs> Actually, um, I do, but for the wrong reasons. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When they that's first... entirely this podcast. <laughs> when they confront uh, Jean uh, when she goes uh, back home to confront her father, and. Storm and Quicksilver decide that they're going to take her on. Mm-hmm. So Storm throws, like, I guess a lightning bolt dart at her or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jean's like, get that weak shit out of here. And then, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Quicksilver is like, I'm going to do my thing that I've been doing the last two movies. And Jean's like, no, the fuck you are. <laughs> that, was, that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and talking to the side, I laughed for a solid fifteen minutes. I rewatched it. I actually had to go and um, save that scene. Like I like went on YouTube. I was like, I know someone uploaded this scene. I need this in my phone at all times because, <laughs> like, what and why? And also, Storm makes ice cubes at the party. Yeah, like, the girl. Whole- yeah, <sighs> I just um, uh, I hate yeah. is it Evan Peters who plays Quicksilver? That's yeah. the actor. Was he busy? Like, so, did he have to go somewhere? Because he's yeah, he out of the movie in like ten minutes. Honestly, he, he did the, he did the like the safe, like low risk, high reward move that uh, Jennifer Lawrence never thought to do, mm-hmm. where instead of like killing himself off entirely, he got himself injured to see how this turns out. Mm. And now he can decide if he wants to continue on. Because he just shows back up at the end with yeah. his like random quip of like, not so fast. Okay. In a movie full of terrible dialogue, <laughs> mm-hmm. what is your favorite line? I'm going to start this off. Uh, you call this a PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. I'll say, if you touch Gene, I'll fucking kill you. That was a good use of a one f bomb. I I was I appreciate <laughs> that. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a that big was... connoisseur of the one f bomb in PG-13 movies. It's one of my favorite things to watch yeah. out for, and it was a really good one. <laughs> I appreciated it. It came it came out of nowhere. I'll give yeah. you that. Um, but uh, yeah, that was. I think it's just in how the movie sets me up for that moment and that it bores me to death that I just don't see it coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> that it's like a huge shock. It, I think, to your point, um, on its own, it's like actually a pretty... It could be part of a really cool moment if anything else around it was built well. But, but also, yeah, uh, have we like... Yeah, that was my... Where, what, what, what like real gripping stuff have we gotten of their relationship? Like, why am I so invested <laughs> in the fact that Ready Player One is, you know, all up in arms about, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, which I couldn't. Yeah. Also, what what, um, what did Ty Sheridan's eyes look like? They've been covered for two. Anyway, whatever. I just. <laughs> <laughs> um, Miles Teller advisor. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> any other favorite lines in the room? Oh yes, I have one. Um, right, when Gene when Gene says, "I never asked for this," and I said, "Neither did I." <laughs> <laughs> 
Well done, sir. <laughs> you know, I feel uh, like Jake, um, wasn't I don't I don't I don't have any like specific lines written down, but there's a thing that I felt like um, it feels like there are two different moments um, where it felt like the movie was being produced as Me Too was happening, and they felt like they had to like add in a line oh, yes. of like this is how yes. men control yes. you. It's like. I'm all for that being yes. a theme in a movie, but this is so tacked on. <laughs> like, like, whoa, this I, is not was, a theme of this movie at all. Like, are, you, are you saying um, the women constantly saying us they should be called the ex-women? Yeah. That, oh, and yeah. that's really yeah. bad. And then the bit where Jessica Chastain's character's talking about it, it's like, you're an alien. How the hell do you know the, poli- the gender politics of Earth? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I, I, I will tell I will her. She does explained that she had studied them well enough that she'll know how to manipulate you. Yeah. I don't know if this was like a reverse like anti-Me Too sentiment from Simon Kimberg that's just doing us like this is how easily manipulated society is right now by women empowerment but it was I don't yeah, think so. I think really it was good. honestly I think it was an yeah. honest attempt it was and a, yeah, uh, I think it was. speaking for my fellow straight white guys a lot of times when we make honest attempts we fail really badly um, so it is what it is, but he definitely did fail pretty badly on that account. I, d- I would like to redo this plot in a way where we give them entirely too much credit for everything that we find in this film. <laughs> oh my like, god. Like, just God's elite. Um, man, I don't know, like, I came in this podcast to host it without a plan, which I felt was, like, so appropriate because we were oh, it is minutes, which appeared to be one without a plan. Yeah, 100%. Um, what can we talk about from here on out? I mean, we're about 40 minutes in at this point. Uh, I feel... There's no, like, best... Do you have a favorite I character? Mean, I, I think... Hank, probably, but that's, like... That's Hank, like, you know, right. that, That's, like, naming the MVP for this year's New York Knicks. Like, okay. Um, well said. Oh, wait, no, but, okay, I actually do have a... This is a big uh, note, because it's so stupid that when they come back from the space mission, after everyone witnessed Jean Grey, like, absorb all this space goop, that definitely should have killed mm-hmm. her. And they, she comes back and they're mm-hmm. like, like, oh, you, you, I mean, her power levels are off the charts or whatever. I mean, they were over 9,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. no one thinks to say, maybe the space goop is what's manipulating her. It's like, they're all just treating her it like this is just a thing that's happening independent of this. Because, like, it, it feels like this. the story wants to have to have its cake and eat it, too. It wants to have, like, this alien thing that's influencing her. But it also wants the other characters to act as if this is just who Jean is. But it's, like, either this is yeah. Jean or it's the space stuff. Also, like, can other characters... Is, like, the stuff on her face, like, the red lines, is that just for effect? Can other people see that? And if they see it, are they not like, whoa, you're glowing red, the same color as that space goop? <laughs> like, no one asks the right questions. Um, and Everything it's, like, your X-Men. Yeah, you're X Men. You should be like you should be like pretty precautionary about a lot of these things. You you know a lot anyway. It just was really bizarre. The alien, the fact that aliens were involved, like it made me. I never thought I would say this, but I'm like, I think the last stand got it right. Just t- like because unless you're gonna take of time to s- establish alien characters and stuff, just get mm-hmm. don't throw don't tack <laughs> that on. Mm. Yeah, I mean. That that's a really good point, and it actually had me thinking quite a bit uh, about just because we're over two right now. Can you do a Phoenix saga in film? Is a question no. I'm actually wondering at this point, and I, I don't think so. 
animated even series did like it the best. Important. But like it was also like in the animated series, like how much is built up over time. It's a multi-story yeah. arc. True. I, Unless think, you yeah. do it in a like cinematic universe type of scenario mm-hmm. where like mm-hmm. you feel it building toward it. And I, I mean, if it felt like they tried to do it, um, they even like I remember coming out of X two, uh, mm-hmm. where Jean sacrifices herself, and then you see the hint of Phoenix uh, in the water at mm-hmm. the end there. I was really excited for mm-hmm. what was to come next, and then they shit the bed. But uh, I think there is a way in, but I think also, like, and that's just a constant uh, criticism we'll have about the X-Men. It's just like there's so many characters, it's so hard to build everything. Yeah. Um, and also Mystique apparently is your main character, so yeah. none of anyone else matters at this point. Uh, just, I think it is possible, but I I think it needs time. I mean, and I think they I don't could have know done that it. we have the patience at this point. I think they could have done mm-hmm. it if, um, and I think that uh, the Ringers Big Picture podcast was the first place I heard this idea, and I think it's really smart that if instead of, I mean, obviously they could, you would have to know that Jennifer Lawrence is going to be the biggest star in the world and an Oscar-winning actress, sure. but like if you would have instead of making Jennifer Lawrence Mystique made Jennifer Lawrence Jean Grey, and she was in the movies from like Days of Future Past on or whatever. I think yeah. that there's yeah. – I think that that is – you know, I, I guess the thing is it's like I forgot – like well, after uh, Apocalypse and then when I saw that they were doing Dark Phoenix, I'm like, well, Sophie Turner was in like 15 minutes of Apocalypse. Like I barely – I don't even know like, yeah. what the deal is. And so I feel like um, I just I, – I need to care about this. Like the fact that we don't see her origin until this movie, well, it's like uh, – Right. I don't know. It just definitely was um, – also, her dad's a dick. I think in, but that's I hear there. <laughs> I think in X Men uh, movie arcs, it appears that Dark Phoenix is everyone's heat check. Like you go through X One, X Two, and we're like, we can try Phoenix Saga now, and then you pick it up with Days of Future Past, and you screw it up with Apocalypse. You're like, maybe Apocalypse was kind of like a uh, mm-hmm. one time miss. Let's heat check again with this. Phoenix Honestly, saga. only Dion Waiters <laughs> would do that heat check. Missing as bad as Apocalypse and being like, no, 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 no. I'm still, I still got that yeah. hand. I still got that hand. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, yeah. So the back-to-back of Apocalypse to uh, Phoenix is basically Nick Young shooting the shot, mm-hmm. turning around, missing. Then, like the throwing up the arms is literally making the form of Phoenix. That's it, yeah. right there, and that's <laughs> that's what happens. So, so here's so here's a here's another interesting thing about this film that I find interesting. So I was doing a little bit of research just now. So the, mm-hmm. there was a trailer that revealed that Mystique dies in this film. Yes. So Entertainment really? Weekly um, asked Simon Kimberg, what made you want to reveal that? His answer is, well, the thought process behind that was to primarily show that this is a movie that is unlike other X-Men movies. Oh, well, he got that right. It's a movie where <laughs> shocking do, things happen. It's a movie they where do shocking try things happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, they, yeah they do. A lot of pieces, like, in tone and how they uh, approach, like, they're there are a lot of X-Men tropes, but at the same time, like, it definitely isn't it feels like, like the, the X-Men It movies. feels like yeah. the scene where they, where uh, Raven dies up through, like, after the funeral, like, all of those, actually, like, the, the, well, the bits first where um, uh, Raven is interrogating Charles about Jean and stuff, like, all, like, the way it's shot and the way that it's, like, it feels like it's trying to be a like a mu- much more artistic fi- artsy film 
than like if you think mm-hmm. about the way that like that's the specific scene where they're in like the underground area and uh raven says something like that and like hiding the truth is a lot like something else like a lie like that shot mm-hmm. with like mm-hmm. close-ups and like and so i think that simon mm-hmm. Kingberg had an idea of what he was going to do with the movie but like every single other x-men movie like an idea and uh, and 275 will get you a subway ticket you know so like you really can't <laughs> No one's. Every X Men movie has been ruined in some, in in different varying degrees by, because uh, like I know that the end scene they had to they reshot like four months before the movie came out because like there's problems with the CG of how they originally did it. So, yeah, wow, not great. I mean, even killing off Raven in this was basically killing off Xavier in X Three. So they kind of went through the same route of mm-hmm. doing a Phoenix mm-hmm. movie. Um. It makes me wonder, why did they do this? Like, why? Like, here's the thing. Like, this is like a really... Let's get into the philosophical discussion here about why Mm -hmm. this movie was here at all. Mm -hmm. Why did this movie need to exist? Um, It it didn't. No, it didn't. I mean, that's (laughs) the short answer. It didn't at all. I guess it's just like, if it's X-Men, you just feel you have to do uh, Phoenix. Like, it's... Uh, it's also in a way it's the Hail Mary play, right? Yeah. Like you, you know, you messed it up with apocalypse and you do have a shot of like writing it all. Like if you get Phoenix, right. Then this continues on. Like we don't have an issue at this point. Mm-hmm. Is that Ooh. what you say? Ooh. And also let Maybe, me just, yeah. let me just put the epitome of this film in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So the scene where uh, mystique dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the cast goes on Jimmy Kimmel. And Jennifer Lawrence revealed how she reacted to her own character's death scene, which she said made her cry, but not due to Mystique's demise. I teared up a little bit watching Sophie in that scene. Her reaction to the death was so emotional. And Lawrence revealed that Sophie was actually crying in the scene because her dialect coach before the scene took her jewel away. Oh, my gosh. You guys know what a jewel is, right? Yeah. I mean, jeez. I mean that's that this thing. Like Sophie Turner is no. in in like I, that that t- that gives me. I'm of two minds about that. One, Sophie Turner should not be doing that much serious dramatic work. But also like I want to see a director like get that version of Sophie Turner because clearly she's miscast <laughs> in this. Because I think that there are a lot of movies that could use someone whose energy is like chugging wine at a Rangers game and crying when she loses her jewel. Like, there's a lot of different movies that be like, yeah, that's a fun character, but that's just definitely not, uh, that, I don't think about that with Jean Grey. Um, also, you know that it's bad when your dialect coach is so ever-present that they're, like, in a position to steal your jewel. Like, she definitely (laughs) is, her accent really is, she doesn't, she has the same problem that Nick Holt had that I described in the Days of Future Past pod, where... She, her character is clearly from the South, like that the, the accent of her parents, and uh, she just is like dropping R's every other sentence, and it really just the the fact that even in the opening like voiceover the accent isn't great. It's like you had as many attempts at this as you wanted. Like this is, oof. So yeah, just it should have been uh, Jean Grey, but she was British, like Lady Jean Grey. So, Jake, you did have a lot of uh, notes on Jessica Chastain. Yeah, um, oh, I mean, it's just mostly, I think I, I got let, a lot let, of it out, go, but whatever. What? Oh, okay. No, 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 what'd you say? No, 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 just in, just in general, because I do want to hear some of your character analysis on okay. because we talked about the mail-ins 
What? what yeah. Okay. Who, so who else? Who else really mailed it? I mean, I think that I think that Jennifer Lawrence had the best mail in, in like mm-hmm. a truly admirable yes. fashion. I'm gonna say this. I when I say mail in, I don't say that derisively at all. I'm someone who, if it's if I'm doing something I don't want to do, I will make sure I do the bare minimum I need to do. So I yes, have agree. no problem <laughs> with a mail in. Um, James McAvoy is definitely mailing it in, and like it. What took me out of the movie a couple times with him is that he clearly is just so cut from being in uh, Split and Glass, where it's like, there's no way Charles Xavier is, like, this shredded. Like, in the scene at the end where he's wearing the polo, it's like, the dude's busting out of his shirt, and he's supposed to be Charles Xavier, and he's, like, come on. Um, But Jessica Chastain really is fascinating to me because she is, I think, one of the best actresses of her generation. I think that she is truly, like, a very, very, very special talent but she just seems to have really terrible taste when it comes to doing mainstream movies like i don't know like she did this movie she was in um the huntsman's winter's war um uh what else like uh, okay those are really the only two examples because mostly she hasn't been in that many big movies i mean she was in interstellar mm-hmm. and the martian so that's nice if you want a movie where jesse chastain in space but like i don't know why she took this part because everyone else, I could see why they want to do it. It's like, hey, you know, we're going basically back to summer camp, hanging out with our friends, making another X Men movie. But like, right? Like, why? Because, like, like the actual roster of the cast is like seems like a fun group to be around. Yeah, like, I would it's, love lo- to it's loaded. With that group of people. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. I don't know what. Like, I really don't know what she was going for, except mm-hmm. that like I think that she knew what she was going for which is very strange like that it's unclear to anyone who's watching but the fact that her choices are so consistently dumb and weird it's like so clearly she had an idea <laughs> but the one thing that this movie did produce right. and why i'm glad that jessica chastain and sophie turner are in it is um i don't know how if you guys are familiar with the wired autocomplete interview series it's definitely the best interview series on the internet um, where basically it, you, it, celebrities answer the most commonly Googled questions about them. And I forget how it comes up, okay, but yep. Sophie Turner just mentions offhandedly, like so glibly offhandedly, that she had a twin in utero that she ate. And Jessica Chastain is just like, doesn't say, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it's truly, and I say that as like, I think it is so fucking funny that she did that. Like, but it is, the, oh my that, gosh. The the Jessica's uh, you know on like press tours they always like pair the same two people up on all different shows. Jessica Chastain and Sophie Turner were just like wonderful because Sophie Turner is you know the type of girl who gets her jewel stolen away from her and like Jessica Chastain is very <laughs> respected like you know Academy Award nominated actress who you know is definitely above this movie and it is a treat. It's not it's definitely not Tom Holland Jake Gyllenhaal good but it is enjoyable. Um, so thank you for that. Pardon me. With with that story about the uh, like ate her twin uh, mm-hmm. in utero, like what if that was the Jean Grey like origin story instead of like a car, and that's how she like absorbed some sort of like phoenix power that way? Like I at least like it would be true to actor, and it would be hilarious. Yeah. Now I just imagine the I just imagine the uh, director Simon Camber just like okay, use that, use that, use that, <laughs> use that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Like the, the very scene where Jessica Chastain is like trying to absorb the Phoenix Force, like that was the yeah. inspiration. Like also, that was like, him behind what, the camera just What is that them. too? Yeah. Like the best way they could demonstrate the idea of absorbing Phoenix Force is just like a hug. Like, you know what we're doing? <laughs> I don't know. 
like I've seen so many versions of the Phoenix Force in these films that I actually don't know how the Phoenix Force works. To be yeah, I have no fucking like, idea. I mean, I'm not a comics reader, so yeah. I don't. I just like it's because the thing is, it's done so differently in both versions of it that like I have yeah. no earthly idea. It is. Yeah. What I it's just. <laughs> It's really just like a bouncy. Yeah. Just feels like a cheat code. Like, okay, the Phoenix Force is the mo- makes you the right. most powerful thing ever. I'm like, okay, yeah. sounds good. Actually, one of my favorite um, inexplicable powers is Jessica Chastain's power to create holograms to explain their origin <laughs> in a room. Like, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it's like yeah, she got the whole planetarium projectors. Like, all right, let's go. Oh man! Like she she invented barf in this somehow but like it was just out of nowhere she was like let me tell you about us and then suddenly like is it in their mind is it really happening in the moment and that was beyond ridiculous and at no point ever gets explained of it being part of their powers or Mm -hmm. part of the technology in the room i don't know other jessica Um, chastain note you you well, go. You can go. Sorry, I just this is dumb notes. Oh, I mean, yeah, these no, are all dumb notes. Because you were talking about Jennifer Lawrence phoning it in. One of my favorite uh, mm-hmm. unintentional visuals of it is when they come back and they're celebrated at the mansion. Mm-hmm. You watch uh, Mystique turn into her human form mm-hmm. and look completely morose about it, and it actually looks like Jennifer Lawrence is like changing out of her gear, ready mm-hmm. to leave that. Like, yeah. it's so <laughs> bad. But, like, and you could tell, like, the intent of it. But, like, at the same time, too, like, it's for her and Beast. Why do they continue to turn to human form? Like, at this yeah, point, I don't like, know. why is Beast yeah. able? I mean, why is that a part yeah, of his power? That's just, it's, uh, I mean, it's obvious, like, the obvious answer is because uh, Jennifer Lawrence is in I, one of two things. Either Jennifer Lawrence is like, I'm not going to be in the fucking blue makeup the entire time. Or that's more, more, that, more sure. likely, <laughs> I think it's actually more likely that the studio is like we're not gonna take the most famous one of the most famous actors in hollywood and like make her yeah and the thing is i what i actually liked about this movie is i think that and this is probably not true of the comics but the makeup for mystique was definitely the like the least intrusive and i thought was like yes it it allowed her to be more Mm -hmm. expressive Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel like she Mm -hmm. like it it, like it didn't it wasn't as like weird and kind of like gross not that it was ever you know i mean but like it definitely felt like uh it looked the most natural it looked yeah yeah. exactly like Um, because a lot of it because because obviously it's not just paint it's also like rubber and this felt like mm -hmm. least rubbery it felt most like it could actually be part of a person's body um yeah um i yeah the jennifer lawrence parts didn't bother me as much as the beast parts because like it, it really just had this whole like feeling of like beast being like that's my secret i'm always beast yeah exactly. Where he just like turns it on and off <laughs> when he wants to show like how angry he really is and uh like if i remember correctly like it, it really takes away from the notion of what makes beast so fantastic yeah. as a character is that he's yeah. plagued by his how he looks and they completely removed it at this point like yeah because the whole thing is if i'm uh, correct me if i'm wrong from what i understand from the films is that his entire his the whole character is that his appearance and like physical demeanor is like he's super brutish and aggressive but he is exactly mccoy so like exactly basically just made him the hulk which like fine but i don't know i think also the same thing too what it makes me remember is that a criticism i heard of the x-men movies that i never will forget is they're doomed the moment that you have three different characters that are the same shade of blue, but have no relation to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are they all blue? Well, in the comic, Mystique is Nightcrawler's mother. 
Am I not? Yes, no, I, that's right. That's right, right? Yeah. 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 There's a lot happening yeah. there. And Magneto is still Quicksilver's father. Right. That's the yeah. other thing. Yeah. Which is the other one. Um, also, I, I want to add about this movie that originally that this uh, the the climax scene was supposed to take place in space. Yep. But um, appa- apparently they didn't want to copy Captain Marvel, so they just put it on the train. <laughs> oh, no one was going to mistake that for... <laughs> No one's going to mistake that for Captain Marvel. They would have been safe. Yeah. Oh, choices were made. That's the perfect line. Choices were made. Yeah. This is is X-Men choices were made. Honestly, no, not (laughs) enough choices, though. Not enough choices, though. though. No, because, like, this movie actually could have been okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. could have yes. worked. Um, it could have been high. Nice. Really the yeah. first 20 minutes, it was off to it being a decent to, like, maybe above average movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and then and then Dazzler. And that's it. Yeah. It was also, once again, can I tell random. you this? I I'm didn't like, know why that... Why is she dressed like that? Yeah, also, I'm just learning that that's the name of this character. Because, as we mentioned before, there are, like, 30 fucking mutants in every one of these movies that we don't get a name <laughs> of. Like, imagine how out yep. of place it would be in a Marvel movie if there were just like side superheroes that you didn't know <laughs> like, that would just i would be love that crazy <laughs> and like the fact that there's so many x-men where it's like yeah and then but also like they clearly know that they're not that important so like on the spaceship they only take the ones whose names you know but then there's also like a million in the background <laughs> and it's like there's also like a case like yeah. somehow magneto has like side x-men who like who are these people? Oh, Why yeah. do they like him? Where is this island? Like one who, who might be a love interest. I'm not sure. Fake Genosha. character. Oh right. Yeah, fake okay. Genosha. I think her power is Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> Based on how she communicates with everyone. Yeah. Her power is Morse code. <laughs> Please get out. She breathed wildly and transmitted a rhythmic message to the group to inform them to be ready. That, that's exactly that's Morse code. Um, oh man! Oh, uh, shout out to you, yeah. Jerome. You're the best for Thanks. this. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I feel like we've given this way more attention than it ever needed. <laughs> but all that said, yeah. thank you, everyone, on this, and anyone who is still listening at this point. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Would you would you recommend uh, that's how we're going to end this uh let us know uh how we can find you and tell us would you recommend in any way for any reason for someone to watch this movie <laughs> jake uh no well you can find me at the jay christie um on twitter um i do another podcast called sword history i mean i haven't done one in a while i honestly don't know if i'm gonna do one again but uh you could follow that um and i would not recommend this movie and that's <laughs> saying something because my fl- my that's saying a lot. my floor for recommending movies is very like I would if you want to honestly I, if you want to watch a superhero movie that is inexplicable in a lot of ways but is actually fun in the way it's inexplicable just like honestly just watch Venom like I would recommend Venom much more yes than this. yes um, yeah because yeah. Venom has so much more going on and there's so much more shit that's actually like interesting and. Like, this is just... Like, no one dies into saying, a lobster tank in yeah, this one. What I was saying when Steph was talking about the choices, and I'm like, they didn't make a lot of choices. Just so much of it is just, like, wallowing and, like, not... Like, it, there's just not a lot going on. And they don't want to mm-hmm. make anything distinct, mm-hmm. and they don't want to... I don't know, just, like, this feels like a... Like, so unnecessary. 
Um, and so, no. <laughs> in fact, like, I recommend a lot more bad superhero movies before this. Because, like I said, like, this is just, uh, like Apocalypse, these movies are both, they're simultaneously both, um, bloated and a little too long. Like, yeah. And yeah. so, I don't know. I just, just honestly, just watch the clip of, uh, the one that Steph was describing earlier with Quicksilver um, on YouTube. That's all you need. <laughs> that, that's a good moment. Uh, AC. Uh, a, you can follow me on Twitter at AC Spotlight 95. B, I would not recommend this movie to watch. I, it's an hour and 53 minutes. I'm never going to get back. Um, C, I do feel like since we did this on the last pod, we should do this again. Now, the four of us have discussed uh, doing Spider Man 3. I feel like we should take a couple weeks, get this out of our system, and um, and do Spider Man three because I, I think Spider Man three is kind of like a funny bad movie. So it's a funny bad movie. It's, it's oh, a it's excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, it's a funny bad movie. So let's take a couple yeah. weeks, get this one out of our system, yeah. and come back and have some fun with Spider Man three. Yeah, I got his but, um, the song okay. and sweat this one out. <laughs> like Rasheed Wallace after a night of partying. <laughs> this is, no, like the funny thing you mentioned, Rasheed Wallace, and like uh, if you ask any of the cast members after they were done filming this movie, I'm sure they would have said both teams played arts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, Steph. Ooh. All right, uh, you can find me at Steph I Will um, on Twitter. Right, right now is Professor Xavier um, is a ball head scallywag. So what a great <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> And um, you know what? I actually want to give it a light recommend just because if you're a completionist and you've already watched the other ones, that's a fair point. Go ahead and suffer, yes. yeah, just go ahead and suffer through this one. And also, just for the simple fact that. You really actually get to see Charles being the worst for real one film um, because the last. This is secret. Like first, this, yeah. We'll look back mm-hmm. at this one as being like the X Men Truther film. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, actually, like, let me actually yeah. amend what I said is that I would not recommend this film for almost anyone. But if when you hear me joke on this podcast or Twitter about the level of dog shit movie I watch, and you ever have thought mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that, Jake, then yes, this movie is like this movie is <laughs> not if, in terms of movies not being good that I've seen. Like this movie is not notable. Like I just if no. we weren't doing this podcast, I wouldn't have given this movie much more thought because um, it's just like it's not like I watch movies this bad all the time. But it's definitely this movie is definitely not the worst movie I've seen this year. It's probably not in the top three. So. If you watch Again, a lot of Dodger movies, it's not bad enough to watch. No. It needs to be worse for it to be worth watch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, Steph, we cut you off. But yes. Oh uh, no, no, you. <laughs> but no, just because because Charles is so terrible in it. Um, if you just watch it for that reason, but outside of that, I mean, I'm just so happy this is the last movie of the franchise, and whatever they're going to do with um, New Mutants is just not happening because. Weren't those being filmed at the same time? Yeah, and now they've, yeah. now they've been put in the park with the, the whole Disney uh, acquisition situation. Yeah, I, I doubt yeah. we'll see those make the light yeah. of day. God bless. Um, all right. Well, you can follow me at Black Dragon. And as for my recommendation, I do not recommend watching this. As I would say, instead of watching this, I do share the same sentiment as that. But instead of finding it out from this film just search on twitter i underscore steph 
or Beth <laughs> underscore I underscore Will and Xavier together, and you'll get a far more <laughs> enjoyable experience of dragging Charles Xavier. One hundred percent real actual references to the comics, and a greater appreciation that appreciation that way that you can apply. Um, and then you don't have to go through this at all. Actually, uh, real quick, I just forgot. Um, I just want to do a quick plug because I forgot that I actually wrote a whole thing on the Phoenix Saga dragging. Oh. So actually, just go check go. that out. That is on um, SciFiWire.com um, under Fangirls. But it's um, the Phoenix Saga is just really shows how terrible of a boss Charles Xavier is. Just go read that. So oh, actually, don't watch this I movie. Mean, <laughs> now knowing that this exists people may never listen to this uh podcast we may never publish this we'll just share your article and then like move on with our lives at that point <laughs> um, anyway uh thank you so much uh anyone who's made it again this far and thank you to everyone on this podcast right now uh, y'all y'all be good 